Welcome to another edition of God's Signs with your host, J.R. Bucklew, President and CEO of Deaf Bible Society of Arlington, Texas. This organization is dedicated to the enormous task of translating the Bible into the various signed languages around the world so that deaf people will finally have an opportunity to read the Bible in a way that is the most direct, most personal, and most powerful for them. I'm Marshall Lawrence. JR's guest today is John Reinhardt of Gospel Patrons. Typically our guests are here with us in the studio, but John joins us today through a Skype call. So if he sounds a little different, that's why. JR? Well, if you're listening today, once again, we're back on with our program of God Signs, and uh, we're actually going to turn to Romans this week for our scripture. I'll be reading from chapter 15. Um, you, We may have read this before, but there's always something exciting uh, to be pulled from this chapter. I want to start reading from the English Standard Version, again, Romans chapter 15. I'm going to start reading in verse 17, and it says, In Christ Jesus, then, I have reason to be proud of my work for God. For I will not venture to speak of anything except what Christ has accomplished through me to bring the Gentiles to obedience by word and deed, by the power of signs and wonders, by the power of the Spirit of God, so that from Jerusalem and all the way around to Illyricum, I have fulfilled the ministry of the gospel of Christ. And thus, I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation, but as it is written, listen to this, as it is written, Those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. Did you catch that? Those who have never been told of him will see. What will they see? They will see where Christ has not already been named, the ambition to preach the gospel. They will see the gospel of Christ. They will know who Christ is. Those who have never been told will see this, and those who have never heard this will now understand this. Uh, God is doing an amazing work around the world. And so often, uh, we, we miss it. We miss what he's doing. But especially among the deaf, you know, our organization sometime back made a decision to sort of shift our marketing, if you will. It's kind of a weird topic, but we shifted our marketing because I just got so fed up with telling these stories about the problems and problems and problems and deaf people can't don't have access to the bible and they don't have scripture which they're all that's all true but i said i want to show people stories of life transformation i want to show people stories of the power of god working through deaf communities all around the world so people can see for themselves so people can hear for themselves that god is doing a work among deaf people because he is doing a work among deaf people. And so our mission week after week has been to say, friend, let's show you something. Would you come with us? Let me show you what God's doing the work, what God's doing through the work of a of a CODA, child of deaf adults, pastor of a deaf church in Fort Worth, Texas. Let me show you what God's doing through the, the life of a deaf Singaporean who moved to Australia, who's now in the U.S. Let, let me show you what God's done in her life. Because he's doing a work. Friend, he's doing a work right there in New York City, 
for the last year and a half, we've been turning over rocks and have been seeking the Lord. Say, Lord, show us churches who are passionate about reaching every person in the city and not just those that can hear, but every deaf person. And they're there. They're there and lives are being changed. And because of that, uh, I'm uh, looking forward to introducing you to our guest on today's program, uh, a friend of mine, someone who's become a friend of mine, John Reinhardt, dear brother in the faith, uh, who has a ministry called Gospel Patrons. And, and I'd love for him to take time to share with us what it is Gospel Patrons is doing, but even more, as we often do, to say, John, Gospel Patron, Gospel Patronage, what do sign languages and deaf people have to do with that? Because as you know, deaf people are everywhere. If you're in children's ministry, I've got news for you. There are deaf children. If you're in mass evangelism, I have news for you. There are deaf people there. If you're in Bible translation, I have news for you. There are sign languages in the world who don't have a Bible translation. If, there are, uh, if you're doing work in discipleship, there are deaf people that need to be discipled. Everywhere you go, there are deaf people. They're going to be on the train with you. They're going to be in the airport with you. They're going to be on your block. There are deaf people everywhere. We just have to pay attention. And so, uh, once again, John, uh, thank you so much for joining us today. So glad to. Thanks, JR, for having me. Yeah, I would love if you'd take a minute. So tell me, you know, gospel patrons, what, what, what is that? And how did you, how did, how did the Lord lead you into that? Yeah, great question. It's a term that's not familiar to most people. We've heard the word patron, whether that's a customer at a restaurant or whether that's a patron of the arts or a patron of scientific mm-hmm. research. But the key idea be- behind what a gospel patron is, is it's someone who, you know, when we look throughout history, we see that there's always, always, always been a pioneering spiritual leader who's going to proclaim the gospel and champion the word of God and take it to places and the people it's not, it's not reaching. Mm-hmm. But those people are never lone rangers that behind them stood these patrons of the gospel whose gift wasn't to stand on a stage or preach a sermon or be a pastor or a missionary per se, but they're gifted in business or gifted in their profession, gifted mm-hmm. at making money and being generous. And we know from scripture that when God unites people, he works in different parts of the body, but when different parts of the body come together, God does incredible things. And so all throughout history, gospel patrons have been the behind the scenes, unsung heroes, backstage VIPs behind great movements of God. Mm -hmm. And we haven't heard of most of them because they're, they're not the ones who had the biography written about their lives, but they have a part to play too. So we started a ministry that was geared at them, geared at people today who are business leaders, professional people, people who are not pastors and missionaries saying you have an amazing part to play in God's kingdom. So really the idea is that to be a part of uh, uh, the, the army of God, of working within the kingdom, of being, uh, of being sent to the harvest doesn't only mean you have to be a missionary or, or the Bible translator, that's true. I mean, most people think that the, the missionaries and the pastors, they have callings from God. The rest of us just have careers. You know, they're the mm-hmm. ones who are the super spiritual ones. We're the second class Christians. And you just don't find that anywhere in the Bible. And you don't find that in history. Wherever God is going to move, he's going to move through a body of people working together. Some will be gifted to preach and teach and lead worship and all those sort of things that you'll see on a Sunday morning. Many others are called to support that work through generosity and partnership and prayer and coming alongside using their gifts and their profession and their calling to advance the same mission. So 
Yeah. So as you as you started to engage in this topic, certainly, as you said, you don't see that in the Bible. What do we see in the Bible when it comes to gospel patronage? Yeah, the the surprising thing for me is most people have read through the gospel accounts, the stories of Jesus, the four little mini biographies. And I was reading through Luke one day and saw in Luke chapter eight, verses one through three, that Jesus Christ himself had gospel patrons. I don't know if you've ever thought about how did Jesus provide for his ministry because he was a carpenter and then he mm. preached and teach and left for three years just to travel right. from town to town, village to village. But the Bible actually tells us it wasn't just miracles of fishes and loaves every day or catch a fish with a coin in their mouth to provide for ministry. Actually, Mary, Joanna, and Susanna, three women are named in Luke chapter eight, verses one through three. And it says that they provided for Jesus out of their means. They journeyed with Jesus, they were partners in his ministry, and a main piece of their partnership was their financial generosity to stand with Jesus. This is God's chosen way to provide for his son. It blew my mind. And that's not something I think, I mean, at least for me, that's not something I would have ever, I probably would have never even paid attention to that if I'm just doing a reading through Luke. And and with Luke, you know, as, as I think about the Jesus film, you know, I don't, I, you know, there's no scene where they're, they're writing checks, you know, to the, the ministry of Jesus. But it seems like it's it's so clear. So clear. That's the thing that blew my mind is that actually the three women are in the Jesus film. We don't see them writing checks, of course. But they're but there. They're there. It's in yeah. the scriptures. It's in the story of God. Wow. And we somehow read over it to get to the parables and the miracles and the action scenes. But gospel you know, patrons are like that. They're in the footnotes behind mm. stories. Yeah, you know, I've often heard illustrations, and it's, I think, one that's plagiarized quite often by people that are support-raising for going to the mission field, but this idea of there's a well, and at the bottom of the well there's water, and I'm, I'm going to go down in the well and fetch that water. I just need you to hold the rope and lower me down. That's more than just a, a, a pretty illustration. I mean, what you're saying is, even in the ministry of Jesus, the Lord chose and used a people— to say, we're not saying that you have to trek everywhere with him, but you have a way to allow him and the disciples to do this work. That's right. Yeah, that rope holder idea actually came from William Carey, who was one of the pioneer missionaries to India. And it was a tough work, a difficult work, very pioneering. And when William Carey was setting out, he said to a small group of friends, one of which was a pastor named Andrew Fuller, he said, Mm -hmm. I'm willing to go down but I need you guys to hold the ropes and holding the ropes is no secondary role in God's kingdom. It's an incredible, glorious calling. And if it was good enough for Jesus, it is how God wants to work today. Wow. Yeah. And, and so as you, you know, as you began to not only study this, but but to help show this to the church, what you guys are doing is not only showing us where this took place in the Bible, but you're helping show the stories of gospel patrons in the modern age too. Yeah, that's true. There's five things our ministry does. Uh, It really, our ministry was birthed out of a book that I wrote called Gospel Patrons, and then we just kept going from there. So I started speaking on that book and telling the stories that I discovered in that book. And then we started saying, what if we made modern day documentaries and gave them away for free on our website, gospelpatrons.org? Give it away for free. That's not a, you know, as as a business practice. uh, So this is certainly the Lord is telling you, 
give this away for free. So the documentaries are showing what? You're, you're... They're showing modern day gospel patrons who funded mm. things like the version Bible app that many people have downloaded. I mean, 330 million people have downloaded. There was a gospel yeah. patron behind that who said, this needs to be in the world and I'm going to stand with you until it gets out there. So we're filming modern day stories like that of leaders who are saying, hey, I might be a doctor. I might be an NFL kicker. I might be an entrepreneur, but I'm going to get behind the, the ministries of others and find my part to play as a gospel patron. So you're saying God would use an NFL kicker. God would have a man kick a football in order to advance the kingdom. For sure. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I laugh as I ask that question. Uh, you, you and I are both friends with, with that, that same man who the Lord used in mighty ways then and is continuing to use in amazing ways today. Um, I think most 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 of us haven't really connected what we do from nine to five or 40 or 50 or 60 hours a week to the kingdom of God. And so we go to work and we feel like we're trading our time for money. And then you go, well, recently a friend said to, to me that his uncle, who was a doctor, said, I've traded my whole life to, to make money as a doctor. And mm. now I don't even know what to do with it. <laughs> well, I have a solution. <laughs> I, you know, if any, listen, if any of you are listening and you're, you're saying right now and you're thinking to yourself, well, I too am in a situation where I've got money that I don't know what to do with. Give us a call. Uh, you call, call John Reinhardt at Gospel Patrons. Call me here at Deaf Bible Society. Call our beloved announcer, Marshall Lawrence at Silent Blessings. Uh, we, we, <laughs> the need is great. And you're right, John, God wants to use people. The nine to five has value. It does. You know, and that's the thing is I have a friend who said that one of, told me once, he said, one of Satan's strategies is to keep people with vision and people with resources separate. Wow. To keep people with vision and people with resources separate. And so if gospel patrons, it, it shows how those things, when they come together, are, they, God does explosive things when we partner together instead of thinking Absolutely. we have to do it all on our own. Well, speaking of partnership, um, uh, and and through our dear friend the 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 kicker, uh, it, actually it was through him and a work that he's involved with that you and I connected. Um, how did you get connected to uh, Illuminations? Yeah, so Illuminations is a, an incredible movement in our generation that many people still yet haven't heard of. It's a it's a movement to help finish all remaining Bible translations left on Earth in our lifetimes, to think that there would be no language on planet earth 15 years from now that doesn't have the Bible in it is their goal. Mm. And so my friend Todd Peterson uh, got a hold of a copy of Gospel Patrons, read it. Uh, and in that book, I told a story of the English Bible translation and William Tyndale, who did the first ever English New Testament from the original Greek manuscripts and the businessman who stood behind him in that. Mm. And Todd just said, we got to have you out to our event, which is where I heard you speak and you, mm. brother, changed my life. Well, I only had about 30 seconds, so uh, that's how we know that the Lord is, is, is speaking for us. <laughs> um, we, you know, through Todd, it's funny, Illuminations, um, I would encourage you right now, actually, as you're listening, visit illuminations.bible. If you go to illuminations.bible, you'll actually get to see... Uh, language projects all around the world where Bible translations taking place through spoken languages, through sign languages. Um, and this isn't one organization. You know, we, we spoke several weeks ago with John Chestnut from Wycliffe Bible Translators. We got to speak with Greg Pruitt from Pioneer Bible Translators. I mean, there these are 10 organizations have come together and 
you know, the, the event that you and I are talking about right now is actually a, a fundraising event that's not for one organization. Like, these guys are actually bringing their donors to an event that they might actually give to somebody else at. That's an incredible thought. It's unprecedented humility, unprecedented unity, and God is using it in extraordinary ways. So it's such a joy to be a part of. When you were speaking, the one thing, the one way the Lord touched my heart is you actually were holding a microphone and you just made a joke. You said, you know, growing up, uh, my parents were deaf and I was hearing, but I was always taught not to talk with my hands full. (laughs) (laughs) There's just something about that that grabbed a hold of my attention and made me begin to consider the world of the deaf. Yeah. So you and I actually, we, we, we spent some time uh, in prayer. If, if any of you had a chance to listen to the program with David Bowden from Spoken Gospel, we, we started laughing, uh, talking about an experience where we were praying with a friend of ours in, in sort of the lobby of the Mandarin Oriental Hotel in Washington, D.C. Well, uh, this guy right now, John Reinhardt, is that very man. Uh, so we, we, we had this moment of prayer uh, in the lobby uh, right there in Washington, D.C., uh, in the heart of polarization for this for the purpose of unity that the gospel might go forth to every people group including the deaf and then you had a very personal experience not long after that maybe you could tell us about that yeah it was a month later i'd planned to be in ethiopia for another purpose and got connected to the deaf bible translation team the ethiopians who are actually translating the bible into ethiopian sign language and so my wife and my kids and i went to visit them in addis ababa the capital city there and we spent the day with them, took them out to lunch, saw their facility, saw their studio, watched their process. And it was really humbling to think that here's a team of people in their 20s and 30s, many of them single, they're scrappy, they're passionate, they're committed going, there's 3.8 deaf, 3.8 million deaf people in Ethiopia. Mm-hmm. And it's not okay that they do not have access to the same word of God that everybody else does. And so uh, it, it was really, really touching to get to see how passionately they're working to bring the 3.8 million deaf people in Ethiopia, God's word in sign language. Wow. And what does God continue to do with you and exposing you to the deaf world? Well, that, that experience really, really rocked my wife and I. And we said, man, what, what can we do to help? And so we honestly... Uh, and humbly, we liquidated most of our retirement account and gave it to the Ethiopian deaf sign language team to say, mm-hmm. keep, to say, keep going, keep going. We want people to hear about Jesus. We want deaf people in Ethiopia to have the gospel. And so we gave financially very significantly ourselves and just said, I'm not going to store my treasures for 30 years from now when people today do not have the gospel. We thought kind of that was the end. But then God really birthed in us the desire to say, what could we do to help expose more hearing people to the needs of the deaf? Which led to the idea of us creating a short documentary film, exposing people to the needs of the deaf around the world, and also showing it through the lens of patrons who are currently funding that work. Mm. It, it, you know, I was telling you earlier before we, we started recording that I was actually quite jealous of this experience you got to have. I mean, you guys, you guys went a lot of places in a very short amount of time to do this project. We had two weeks to travel all the way around the world and to try to capture deaf communities, deaf churches, and deaf Bible translators in Tokyo, in the in Manila, Manila, Philippines, in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia, and then in Rio de Janeiro, Brazil. So a team of five of us literally circled the globe, capturing deaf people and deaf ministry and deaf churches everywhere. It was extraordinary. As the Lord's continue to really uh, 
bring to, to, to your, the forefront of your, not just in thought, but in life for you, the, the deaf community, what would you say to people who uh, are, are kind of still questioning, like, ah, I just don't know that there are a whole lot of deaf people out there. I hear you saying this, but I've never seen them. Yeah, I think deaf people are, for most of us, out of sight and out of mind. Mm-hmm. And uh, you, you just don't bump into them much or you wouldn't, your, your world doesn't overlap with their world. But man, the more I've seen it, I actually think we are at a historic moment for uh, the deaf worldwide. There's 70 million people worldwide mm-hmm. who are deaf. Only 2% of those have ever received the gospel of Jesus Christ. They're the second largest unreached people group on planet earth today. The need for them to have the gospel is extraordinary. But on top of that, we're also at a turning point moment. And the turning point moment is this. In every great revival, every great reformation, every great movement of God in the past, the ability for people to have scripture in their own heart language has been the domino that's turned everything. Mm. We see back in the 1500s, once Martin Luther dropped his German Bible on Europe, it was quickly went before we went to the English Bible, then the Spanish Bible and the Portuguese Bible and, and the Swedish Bible. And it just started spreading. And the Reformation was birthed out of scripture. Yeah. Next year, this time next year, the ASL Bible is going to be complete. The first sign language translation Bible will be done this time next year. And I Exciting. think it's just going to be the domino that knocks over all the remaining languages in the next 10 to 15 years to come. Absolutely. John, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your heart and passion for this. It's a joy. Thank you. When God calls a servant, God also calls a gospel patron. What a remarkable idea. And yet it makes all the sense in the world, doesn't it? In translating the written Bible to new signed languages, multiple teams of people are needed. Linguists, scholars, skilled signers, tech people, and so on. It isn't easy. And it isn't a quick process because many layers of review are needed. But the work is too important to cut corners and risk making mistakes in translating God's perfect word accurately. Could God be calling you to help partner with Deaf Bible Society to support our work? Would you please give that serious and prayerful consideration? Your gifts can make a tremendous difference in the spiritual lives of Deaf people. For more information about the translation work Deaf Bible Society is doing around the world, please visit our website at godsigns.com. That's godsigns.com. Explore the site. Find a project you feel God may be laying on your heart. And then make a gift or pledge to support and to pray for that project. We have no doubt that God has called us to this vital work. We hope he's calling you too. JR, final thoughts? From Romans 15, uh, let me just read once more uh, in verse 20. And it says, And thus I make it my ambition to preach the gospel, not where Christ has already been named, lest I build on someone else's foundation. But as it is written, those who have never been told of him will see, and those who have never heard will understand. Is it your ambition to? Is it your ambition to preach the gospel, to make Christ known all around the world? Well, the hope that we have, if you were able to really hear what John was sharing with us today, and seeing in Luke chapter 8, that your nine to five doesn't have to just be a nine to five. Your nine to five can be part 
of fulfilling your ambition of making Christ known all around the world. You too have the opportunity to be a gospel patron. I would encourage you, go to gospelpatrons.org, get John's book, see what it's all about, see how God has used men and women just like you and I all around the world throughout history to come alongside those that would go into the well so that you and I could hold the rope and lower them in. We need you. We need you. We desperately need you. Would you please, would you please go to DeafBibleSociety.com? Go and see how you can partner with a project today uh, through giving to partner with us to take the gospel of Christ all around the world so that the deaf, so that those who have never been told of him will see and those who have never heard will understand. Please, would you do that? And remember, you can watch this whole program online at godsigns.com and American Sign Language. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by what you've heard today. Translating the Bible into the various signed languages around the world is one of the biggest mission projects of our time. But it's truly the key that can unlock the souls of deaf people wherever they live and open them up to the life-changing Word of God. You can play an important role in this work by making a one-time gift or an ongoing pledge at GodSigns.com. GodSigns.com. Thank you for listening and for praying for this ministry. On behalf of Deaf Bible Society, I'm Marshall Lawrence. God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We hope you've been encouraged and inspired by what you've heard today. Translating the Bible into the various signed languages around the world is one of the biggest mission projects of our time. But it's truly the key that can unlock the souls of deaf people wherever they live and open them up to the life-changing Word of God. You can play an important role in this work by making a one-time gift or an ongoing pledge at GodSigns.com. GodSigns.com. Thank you for listening and for praying for this ministry. On behalf of Deaf Bible Society, I'm Marshall Lawrence. God bless you.